Yes, you are. Well, look at you turning into the John Curley, Sherry Elliger Show, because everybody wants to hear. Oh, boy, here she comes. Um, Yes. This, you're not doing it now, Sherry. Make you smile. Not a lot of smile. Let me do a few tricks. I'm oh old boy. and some new tricks. I'm Don't. very versatile. Andrew Goner. Goner. What? Thought of the new tricks, l- huh? You're not gonna let me do some new tricks. Some new tricks. I know tricks. you're very. I know you're very versatile. I am versatile. Yes, yes. I am. <laughs> All right. Here we are the day after the big game. How's everybody doing? It's amazing that people, some people have sort of, uh, I don't know, polls or trying to talk to lawmakers about trying to make the day after the Super Bowl a holiday. Really? Really? Well, I think they figure that so many people call in sick the next day that they might as well make it a holiday and just be done with it. Just deal with it. Still quick head count. Andrew? Uh, I didn't really watch the game. Present. <laughs> Joseph? Present. Nate? Yeah. Nathan. Okay. Everybody here. How about in the newsroom? Everybody all there? Everybody's here that I saw. Okay. All right. How when I, when really... I worked mornings, yeah. though, I was all about... Super Bowl Monday or whatever being a holiday. Yeah. That was a grind. We're down there. Okay, whatever that's supposed to mean. I, I have to tell you, I, I felt a little bit like a um, an atheist at Christmas. I didn't really participate much in the whole Super Bowl frenzy. But you go on the streets, they're empty. The stores were empty at the time and just sort of sense all this energy building. There was hardly anybody around and just everybody at home or at friends' houses and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I was tired after he attended the um, the Wenatchee Apple Blossom Festival for the, <laughs> for the actually the the selecting for the Queen and the Princess for the Apple Blossom uh, Court, Sherry. As you know, for more than I think 105 years, it's been going on. So, more on that in a bit. But um, come on, Seattle, get 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 it on. You don't have enough kids. This is a recent study that came out that shows that um, for the first time in decades, the number of kids in King County has dropped. Sale Times has a story. They go through the numbers. What are they attributing it to, Sherry? Lots of things. Uh, people uh-huh. are having kids later in life. People are choosing okay. not to have kids. They mm. don't want to do it. Um, they say that parts of Uptown, Belltown, and some of the some other parts of Seattle and Capitol Hill, there are no kids in parts mm. of those areas when they looked at the census information. But in King County, uh, the peak of kids was in ninth or was in 2020. There were about yeah. 456,000. It's down 20,000 since then, mm. since 2014. So they're saying under five decreased about five percent. Uh, five to 14 decreased some. And so many people are just, they just, they waiting to get married. They don't really want to take on the responsibility. And a lot of it is the expense. Uh, sure. Plus also just generally, if you look at how, I've told the story one other time, uh, San Alfonso's in Ballard. I was talking to one of the priests there. He said, yeah, the, um, the, uh, we're just getting less and less kids and come through the school and less and less kids coming through Catholic church. And he said, part of his 
primarily the permitting. He said when you permit for buildings and you do, you know, condos and townhouses that have one bedroom or two bedroom, primarily smaller, you know, 500 square feet to 1,200 square feet. If you're building in that type of thing, you're not building family homes. You're not building family uh, dwellings. You're building small for single people that want to be there in that ballot area. He said, so the building permits thing that hurts us because we just get less families coming through. So that's part of the problem as well, because if you are in King County, you're trying to build a, you know, find a bigger home to put your whole family. People will tend to move out to some place that they can better afford. So San Francisco, number one, 13 percent population kids, then Quincy, Massachusetts, 14 and then Seattle coming into 15 percent. So what happens is you spend less money on parks. Well, we don't. We keep building parks. Um, and then also for schools and things like that as the numbers continue to dwindle because just generally it's too expensive to live in King County and to have a family. So you go outside or you move away, take your kids with you because you don't think the schools are very good. As example of 46,000 kids have been pulled out of the public schools in the uh, Seattle surrounding area. So less kids um, and just means the demographics change as well. The restaurants change. The housing changes, the stores change, uh, just overall sense of community changes as well. Because when you move into a neighborhood and you've got kids and the people across the street, all of a sudden, it's amazing how this happens. Why is it that the kid two houses away became my best friend? Well, it was just simply because there was nobody else nearby other than Duffy Oldhouse, who was my age, and Vinny DeBronze was a jerk and shot at us with a pellet gun. So he chose he would be the enemy. Duffy is Duffy and I against Vinnie DeBronze. And then Sherry, sadly, Andrew, very sad, very, very sad. Andrew, uh, Vinnie DeBronze's house burned down. And Duffy Oldhouse and I stood there and watched the flames licking out of the window up onto the top of the, the wall of Vinnie DeBronze's bedroom. And he, at first, we didn't know if he was safe. And then he came running out of the house with the rest of the family and stood there and watched. And I turned and I saw him crying. And Duffy, who was a really nice kid, went over and went to put his arm around him. And then he was most upset that his BB guns were burning. Well, can't say that I blame the kid. That was his... Uh, the BB gun, his, Sherry, his that he recreation. would gladly shoot us with. <laughs> right. You had no, no, uh, bore no responsibility in that fire, though, right? No, I didn't. Okay. I don't know how it started. Okay. I don't know how it started. But I think, you know, Christmas was around the corner. And why shouldn't you get another BB gun to shoot the two of us with? Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I mean... He was probably devastated because he had planned to shoot you later that day. (laughs) (laughs) Most likely. (laughs) His plans changed. Man. Swept away by a fire. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened to that kid? It's just probably about our age, but man, was he mean. So mean. Maybe if we had showed him some love, things would have been different for him. But no, probably not. Probably not at all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There he goes. 
Uh, Washington lawmakers won't move forward on the proposed raising of property tax. Shocking. I guess so many people. How many people showed up to testify against it? Like 9,300 like 7, or something. Yeah, like so many people, yes. <laughs> it's like, uh, never mind. Let's get to that story. Good. I'm glad they're not raising it because they realize, oh, this is a big problem. Of course, they wanted to do it in Capitol Hill. I think people started to realize, this is ridiculous. You're going to raise the property tax on everybody when already they're having trouble making the payments. And for those people that are seniors or people that have paid off their mortgage, all of a sudden have a property tax bill that's like $36,000 a year. That's if you're living somewhere in Bellevue. And they always do this little thing like, oh, it only breaks down to another $26 a year or, you know, it's only another $130 a year. On top of the other $130, $120, $150, $170 is on top of all those other ones. Oh, but it's only. It's not as only. You're just taking more money out of people's pockets and giving it to the government. Not exactly the best move. Anything else from that story you missed or anything you care about? Yeah, so uh, Peterson, is it Alex Peterson? Uh, The guy that Mm -hmm. sponsored the bill. uh, Here's what he said. I think this is funny. We recognize that we must do a better job of explaining both how the current 1% cap hamstrings local government's efforts to fund public safety and other essential services we all rely on and how a small portion of property taxes this policy would affect. So he's saying that it wasn't that it's a bad policy, it's that it wasn't explained properly. Oh, yeah, because if people just understood it more, they'd want to pay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I if I understand, then I'm definitely going to, you know, dig into my pocket to help out. Yeah. Oh, I, I well, hold on. Let me see what I understood. You're taking more of my money. Gather around. I'm here to give you anything you like. You want free college, energy, mortgages, <laughs> whatever you like. You here we go. come to the right place. All right. Why? I'll tell you why. Hit it. Who can take your money? Yeah. Do a better job of explaining it to us, everybody. Let us know. It's like if you're going to get robbed by somebody and they stick the gun in your back and they explain, here's why I'm robbing you, because I need the money for this and this and this, and you don't really need it. I need it more than you, so I'll be taking it from you. Speaking of people sticking guns in people's backs, this is a tragic story. This comes from the fact that, well, a Federal Way restaurant owner is shot in broad daylight. Holy moly. Yikes. This is the, um, what do you have this one under there, Joe? Is this under? Federal Way shooting. Ooh, there it is. Ooh, go. I don't want to do this. Here it is. The owner of a Federal Way restaurant is recovering this noon hour after being shot in broad daylight. And right now, police are searching for the shooter. Cabra 7's Perseda Holgan spoke with the restaurant's manager, who says sites like these have become all too common. The manager inside tells me the owner is the person who was shot. She says he is recovering and is expected to be okay. Federal Way police are looking for this man. He's accused of shooting the owner of California Burrito off Pacific Highway. This is a very tight-knit group that works here, so they're very kind people. It doesn't seem like they would be deserving of that at all. Jacob Pettibone is a regular here. I usually come during weekdays in the mornings. He says it's heartbreaking to hear about the shooting. 
Police say the shooting happened Saturday afternoon around 430. They say the owner was shot while talking with someone suspicious loitering in the parking lot. He could have taken his life or a customer could have gotten up and taken the, the suspect's life. A manager at the restaurant tells me mm. the owner is in the hospital recovering and is expected to be okay. If they ever need help, we're here to support them. I come here often enough that I would be happy to help out if they ever need anything. Jacob says the neighborhood nice. has dangerous areas. Yep. The closer you get in this direction, away from the mall, the worse it gets. Regardless, he says people need to think before acting. He should have just walked off and he was told to. This is their place, their workplace, and they're kind people. Yeah. They don't deserve yeah. that. If you were in the area at the time of the shooting and saw any suspicious activity, you're urged to call Federal Way Police. Reporting in Federal Way, Rosita Holgan, Carlos 7 News. All right. Did they catch the guy? <clears throat> Not yet. Still looking well, secu- for him. Maybe security cameras or something like that will catch him. Speaking of other shootings uh, uh, in Houston, you read about this one. Shooter goes into the uh, church there. Is that Joel Olstein's church? Yeah. Olstein's yeah. big yep. church. Yeah. yeah. Full of Christians, by the way. Uh, the shooter, identifying as uh, transgender, goes in carrying a gun, has a sticker on it about Free Palestine, goes in with a five-year-old as well. Uh, two off-duty cops that are there to protect uh, the uh, parishioners, uh, shoot and kill the shooter, um, Moreno. Unfortunately, it looks like the five-year-old boy uh, will die uh, as a result of the injuries, most likely. And then um, another person, uh, somebody else was shot in the leg. That person, of course, is okay, recovering from it. So um, a transgender individual goes in with a gun with a Free Palestine sticker, tries to kill Christians. That's the story. Do they call that a peaceful protest? Is that, by the way, is that getting a lot of news? That no. Been big, big, no? No, I mean, I, I read about it a couple places. Um, but no, it, it was, uh, and, and it's that's weird for two reasons. One, Joel Olstein is huge. I mean, he's got that mega church. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised that that hasn't triggered more of a news story. And then the other, of course, is, you know, maybe it's the Free Palestine. Um, Could be that. So you got a bunch of. Right, you got a bunch of things that the the news media tends to sort of um, it's a kryptonite for them. One, transgender. Two, good guys with cops. Good guys with guns shooting somebody. It's not a gun free zone. You get the Palestine thing in there. Um, those are probably the three things that they tend to have a problem with. They don't necessarily want to fire off a bunch of stories about. We're not going to see twenty minutes of what can we do about mass shootings. The fact that it ended as quickly as it did, where they're able to take this person down, that's pretty good. Um, so they, they probably won't follow up on that. And then also, so this is, if you look at it, there's Colorado, uh, I think person with nine binary, and then Nashville, the shooting, the Denver shooting, Iowa, and now Lakewood there in Houston. So they don't want to ever connect the dots on this kind of stuff, and it's not fair to ever connect the dots on any of these people, whether it's some MAGA guy or whether it's somebody's to the other side of that. They don't want to connect it, but they certainly want to do these stories because they just don't want to because it's not how the media wants to do it, which leads to something we'll talk about later on. There's an editorial in the New York, in the Washington Post or the Wall Street Journal 
how should the media regain the trust of the American people, especially with the politics coming up? How do you cover Trump and how do you cover Biden? What's the best thing if the media wants the trust of the people because people are not subscribing, they're turning away, they're not buying newspapers, they're not going on. I saw, what's that story we had the other day that the average person's news consumption is one minute and 30 seconds and most of mm-hmm. it is through social media? Yeah. Like, yay, yay, yay. Really? Yep. So the average person is just scrolling through. So they're getting the news, what they need, in a minute 30. Well, a lot of people get their news from TikTok. A lot of people get their news from um, X. So they see yes. the news bulletins. They see things like that. So, yeah, I mean, or or they just scroll through a few websites. Like, and okay, they get an alert on their web, on their when they're on their email, they get an alert that something happened, and they might click right. on that. So that's going to lead us up to Joe's... Uh, homage, homage to uh, Walter Cronkite, because today would have been his last broadcast. It was on this very day in 1999. Mm-hmm. For some reason, Joe, who's not an old man, has this weird affinity to Walter Cronkite. <laughs> it's true. I don't know why. I thought he was dead like in the 70s. I didn't realize he lived that long. Oh, Joe? Huh? <laughs> Sorry, Look Joe. Look what she just did to your hero. Died in the 70s? Well, he got went off the air in the seventies, right? No, his no, last he, broadcast was in two thousand nine. So, no, nineteen ninety nine. Was oh, I'm sorry, nineteen ninety nine. We are really he, no he died. People, he died no, in two thousand nine. Yeah, facts yeah, no matter. Wonder get their, no wonder people get the news in one minute and thirty seconds. Just throw these numbers around. His last all broadcast right. was in ninety nine. He died right, in two thousand. All right, all right. Just, we'll, we'll play a tribute to him. Okay. Choice is good, good, good idea. You could be part of the show rather than screaming at the radio. Why not write to us? Vent that spleen, Sherry. Vent it. Right. You can live. All right, Teeny. I think you can live without your spleen. It was a big deal in high school. Jackie Layton got hit, got hit by a motorcycle and lost his spleen. And we're like, oh, we were all praying for his spleen. Yeah, but you can't eat seafood after your spleen is out. Because a friend of mine did it. <laughs> I mean, a friend of mine had her spleen removed, and we oh, wanted okay. to go out to sushi, and she said she couldn't do it. Okay, well. What, have, what would happen if she did? I, I don't know what the spleen does. Uh, well, apparently, vent it, Sherry. That's what I'm trying to get to. You can write to us. <laughs> oh, I even forgot that part. My- Northwest.com. <laughs> Come in through the uh, Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line, one 888 Seven six. And teeny, look at Teeny jumping in early on the show. Good for you, Teeny. The letters are coming in. Texts are coming in. Get ready. Uh, I'm just gonna before we talk about the weekend, just real quickly on the, um, the. We'll hit the Super Bowl, Joe. If that's okay with you. Uh, having not watched it, I, I was laying there on the couch, very tired. Had a long weekend in Wenatchee. Nick and I are like, let's go away somewhere. I thought Wenatchee. Like, well, good enough. <laughs> go there. <laughs> Have dinner. Walking back and like, look at all the people heading into the convention center. There's these bright lights in there. Ooh, let's see what's going on. Walk in. Well, it's the Apple Blossom. They're picking the print of uh, the queen and her court. So we walk up and, um, 
I've had some problems with American Express. Apparently, when you don't pay the bill, <laughs> they don't let you keep charging on it. That's crazy. Uh, well, we had some, we had, got stolen and all this other stuff. So, hand him one card. Nope, that one doesn't work. That one doesn't work. And then finally, we get a card. She says, this works. Uh, we, have no two, we have no two seats together. So then she noticed, she goes, oh, oh, you're John Curley. Oh, we have press seats. So I'm sitting in the press seats. For no reason at all, other than we had nothing else to do. But wait, so we can, went to can the, you go back hmm. and explain what, like, you said prince and princesses? Oh, or? no, the, the the queen. The queen and her court. So is this like so a, the, be- it's a beauty pageant, right? Oh, it's not a beauty it's pageant. It's not. I mean, okay. the girls are beautiful, but this has been going on for like 105 years. The Apple Blossom Festival always has a queen okay. and has its court, and this is part of the Wenatchee, the heritage of Wenatchee, and they, then they come for all the... The torchlight parades. It's a big, big, big okay. deal in Wenatchee. This thing goes on and on. The place was sold out. You can get a, two seats together, Joe, especially with the press. So I, um, we were sitting there watching, and I was really impressed with everybody. Was they were the, the girls were amazing. They're seventeen and eighteen years old, but they have they had to write an essay and give these speeches. Each one was just as wonderful as the other. They were so well-spoken, just so articulate, and so thought-provoking was each speech. I was really amazed by the whole thing. And um, then I saw the one of the one, one of the ones we thought did really well. She ended up winning the thing. So that was our evening of entertainment in Wenatchee was going to the, uh, uh, the Queen and her court for the Apple Blossom Festival. Very exciting weekend in Wenatchee. So imagine how tired I was. Super Bowl comes around. I'm laying there on the couch. <laughs> Uh, since we don't have the television that could get us the big screen, we're watching on Nick's phone. <laughs> I'll tell you something. Not like watching the big game. <laughs> on the little phone. On a phone. <laughs> and she's, Nick's only tuning in for the commercials, which she was kind enough to wake me up for. Every 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, here comes one. I, did, I watched those things like I was my dad. Used to watch MTV with my father, who knew not one pop culture reference other than Madonna and Michael Jackson. Or watching MTV, every black person that came on, who's that? Michael Jackson. A woman comes on, <laughs> who's that? Madonna. I'm like, no, Dad. It's Joan Jett, or you know, what's the one about um, the streets? Um, she's Cindy Lauper. Man, yeah, sure, that would be that would be Madonna as well. Okay. <laughs> Everyone, so I'm just like my father, I'm laying there, I'm like, huh, turn the phone over this way. Who's who's that? Who? So every pop culture reference, because the thing was just jam-packed with, you know, sudden appearances of people, and Nick's laughing. I go, why is that relevant? She goes, oh, because that's a reference back to, you know, I don't know, Barbie or whatever else it was. Like the, the, the guy that had the cream, some cream or something he's putting on himself, and he's putting on some... He's climbing rocks. I don't know who that guy is. So all that's lost on me. I was like a 90-year-old man that had been defrosted from a block of ice and had no reference to anybody. Did you know them all, Joe? All those references of all those commercials? For the most part, yeah. I don't think there was... Yeah, definitely in the commercials. I knew knew who most everybody was. Okay. Got it. Sherry, were you up to date on all of it? No. um, I had it on, but I wasn't paying attention, so (laughs) it was just... A regular theme for me, um, but I, yeah. uh, I I knew that I could get all the commercials today. Okay, so I just Here's, thought I could, you know. Yeah, that's I, and what I, I was recorded thinking. it. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Just go through all the lists at the end if you don't want to sit there and watch it all. Like for instance, the NFL had a problem. Did they cut Cardi B's lip 
clumper thing? Did they cut it all together or they cut it down or they run it? Ran yeah, it they ran like a, a slightly censored version, I think. All right, yeah. It's time to plump yourself up, baby. Plumping gloss. Be bigger. So it makes your, your lips bigger. I don't know how, but it makes your lips bigger. Sherry, have you figured that out? Well, yeah, there's lots of lip pumping uh, serums and things that you, or gloss that will make, that stings a little bit, but it makes your lips kind of a little bit bigger. Okay. So big, plumper. Feel the plumping power. New Duck Pump Gloss from Nick's Professional Makeup. This part they cut? Yes. Oh, are we going to run it? I assume so. I mean, there's no swear words in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay, so everybody knows it's coming. Yep. So it makes your lips bigger. It plumps up things. Look, put it on your lips, makes your lips bigger. And then it all of a sudden gets interrupted by a big news And flash. we're live wondering why men put duck plump where it should not go. I said duck. D-U-C-K. Oh. We've got another duck plumper. What is wrong with you guys? Duck plump makes your lips bigger. Nothing else. Do you think it worked though? It's a lip gloss. So they're all like in emergency wards and guys are running around like grabbing them like, oh no. I'm sorry. <sighs> Was it plumper? Did anyone see? It's for your lips. Okay. Anyway, they cut that part out. I guess they ran part of the commercial, and that was people were like, wow, I run that thing. The other one's kind of weird, the Jesus commercials. Did you watch that again, Sherry, all the sort of... Yeah, the the Palestine, all that. No, the one about Jesus washing the feet. Wa- Jesus washed the feet of friends oh, and enemies. Oh, those are... Yeah, they had those last year, didn't they? I don't know about the Jesus I, washing feet thing, but that... Yeah, that, that seemed to be he, pretty new. I I hadn't seen that one either. Okay, see, Sherry? got to keep up to date on this sort of stuff. <laughs> I had it on, but I wasn't paying know. attention. So they'd have like a picture of a cop washing the feet of a black guy. They had the some guy. It was like always the polar opposites. They had the yeah, like a Christian some, or, and a Muslim. Yeah, yeah they minister. did this last year. Oh, I'm did almost they? certain. I think so. Yeah, it was. It was the whole thing about. Oh, was it on in the background? And you happen to catch it out of the corner <laughs> of your eye, doing that kind of research. Yeah. They had well, a minister washing the feet of somebody. You know, look like. Uh, uh, maybe non-binary or whatever. Somebody sitting there with the roller skates off to the side. I got news for you. Jesus didn't wash the feet of his friends and enemies. He washed the feet of his disciples. That's it. And he didn't even wash the feet. Most people debate whether or not he washed the feet of Judas. Yeah, the Last Supper. Who? Someone's going to betray me. Who is it? He says, I'll dip the bread into the wine and I'll hand it to the person. He does. He gives it to Judas. And then Judas runs out immediately. Then... After dinner, they then walk, he washed the feet of the disciples, basically saying, you will be like basically my priests. You will be the beginning of this church. So he washed the feet of his disciples, not friends and enemies. So nice context. Good try. But um, well, the, the bigger problem, I think, is a lot of people don't know that about the Bible or, or that tradition and like Catholicism and Lutheranism. So they're like, why does Jesus have a foot fetish? Like, what's with the feet thing? Like, most people just had never heard of that. And that, so today, everyone's like, what's with the feet? This is weird. <laughs> really? I swear. I swear Are to you. Are you kidding me? Yeah. They've never heard that? No. <laughs> when you say they, who's they? I'm just a, 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 a large portion of the population that's like, you know, like, 
distantly familiar with Christianity. They don't know about, you know, they, they haven't read the Bible. They know who Jesus is, and they, you know, they know a lot about yeah. Christianity. But it wasn't like, it was, but it was everybody, there was all the, the bad guys right. washing the feet of all the right. victims. Right. So, yeah. Okay. I think it confused people. Did it really? The, yeah. The, <laughs> did, so. Jesus had a foot fetish? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Joe, for... Yeah. Sure. Word from the uh, common man. That's so okay. funny. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. Walter Cronkite, Sherry. Mm-hmm. Last broadcast, 1999. And um, this day, 1999, Walter Cronkite delivered the final broadcast, CBS... Radio News, the most trusted man in America. CBS News, I'm Walter Cronkite. The impeachment case against President Clinton is about to finally come to an end. The Senate is coming back in session right now and will vote shortly on the charges that the president lied under oath and obstructed justice. They've been deliberating behind closed doors now for the last three days and now the last past couple of hours. By all accounts, Republicans do not have the two-thirds majority they need to remove Mr. Clinton from office. Observers doubt that they even can muster a simple majority. So it was on this day, that was his, la- his last broadcast in 1999. The significance of Walter Cronkite is that he was the first guy who was in that position of reading the news, giving you the facts, just telling you what was happening. Walter Cronkite, uh, for the first time in 1968, decided... Um, when he went to the president of CBS and said he wanted to do a, an opinion piece, an editorial, they let him do it. It was about 47 seconds long. And it was the first time that anyone had done that, where they, rather than just reading the news after the news was over, he took time in his broadcast to give his opinion of something. And it, they, most people, historians, will say that it was that 47 seconds that changed American politics because LBJ had announced, whether this is apocryphal or not, they don't have it all actually written down, that he said that if when he had lost Walter Cronkite, he had lost middle America and then would probably have end up losing the war. So I think I think it was a couple of months after, it was a month after Walter Cronkite's 47 seconds laying out his opinions about the Vietnam War that LBJ decided not to run. So much has changed because every single one of these people that are on there now, you're constantly getting kind of a mishmash of news and opinion of how they deliver the news, how they slide it, slant it, twist it in order to fit their own opinion of the news. In this case, Walter Cronkite broke away from the mold of just the guy reading it to all of a sudden the guy adding his own opinion in there. Joe has just a little bit of it from uh, Walter. For it seems now more certain than ever that the bloody experience of Vietnam is to end in a stalemate. But it is increasingly clear to this report that the only rational way out then will be to negotiate, not as victors, but as an honorable people who lived up to their pledge to defend democracy and did the best they could. They really yeah. liked the teletype back then, huh? Yes, they did. You're going in the background there. <laughs> News is happening all the time. There was uh, an article that talked about the his most uh, 
wor- newsworthy uh, announcements. And one was the JFK assassination. Remember when he right. started to cry? The Vietnam War, like you said, if you've lost Cronkite, you've lost the middle America. Uh, mm-hmm. In 1968, at the DNC, uh, he got caught on a hot mic saying, uh, I think we got a bunch of thugs up here. And the, oh, yeah. the moon landing, he was uh, said, boy, oh boy, woo boy. <laughs> and then, of course, he covered the Watergate scandal. Yeah. I think he was actually down in the crowd there in Chicago, and they were roughing people right. around. He had yeah. the microphone, and yeah. they were pushing him and shoving him and stuff. And yeah, got Lots a bunch of, of thugs down here. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, his immortal words again for the moon landing, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh. Boy, oh, boy, oh, woo, boy. Woo, boy. Woo, <laughs> golly. Well, we trusted him. Yep. <laughs>